Hey now, we're Matt from the Star Wars Time Show, and we have a special for you. If you listen to the, what, episode 264, we told you we were going to be gone for two weeks, but we're going to drop some new content, and that new content is our Scoundrels of the New Republic D&D special. So today, what you're going to be listening to, if you're here on the audio-only version, is episode one, The Toydarian. Uh, just be aware that we'll be re- uh, releasing our first ever recording, episode zero, The Escape, next week so if you like what you heard here and you want to kind of learn how our characters got to Tatooine make sure to tune in to episode zero the escape when it releases on our podcast platforms and youtube.com slash star wars time show all right my friends you know it I know it there's always time for star wars time and if you listen to the star wars time show the force will be with you always Welcome to the first, I guess this would be the first official episode of the Star Wars Time Show D&D Extravaganza. Uh, I am uh, Nick. If you are a follower of the Star Wars Time Show, you know I'm one of the hosts. I will be your dungeon master, your game master, your galaxy master throughout this entire game. Um, And I am joined here by three good friends of mine who will be our players. So uh, first off, we have... Matt with us. Matt is the second host of the Star Wars Time Show, the first host, whatever whatever numbers you want to put on us. Yep, no. Uh, we have uh, Jared Middleton, a.k.a. Sir Dork, uh, joining us. He'll be another one of our players. And we have Trevor Williams, uh, also known as One Six Shooter to the Instagram and toy photography community. He is another one of our players. Shortly, we will kick into our game And I will have the characters introduce themselves to you all for the first time. Um, And from there, we will kick off into a merry little tale uh, about gallivanting throughout the galaxy and and having fun in a Star Wars world. Um, So without further ado, let's go into our session of Star Wars Time D&D. Last we left off, uh, our our crew of merry uh, spacefaring adventurers found themselves on the planet of Bandamir, uh, abandoned some of them, others in search of information uh, that they've been searching for 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 quite some time. Uh, our our crew met up in a cantina, uh, had a common goal of trying to find some way off of this planet, uh, and luckily. As the Force would have it, they had an opportunity to find their way off of this planet by stealing a ship that was arriving at the Bandamir spaceport the next day. After some planning and after uh, a, a, a very uh, eventful uh, combat, they were able to steal the ship, uh, shake off a, a, a single-man craft pursuer, and took off to their next destination. And that is where we're picking up here. Uh, Blue swirls of light continue around the ship as you guys push through hyperspace towards your destination. And after days of travel, Frey, your uh, shipboard droid says, 
exiting hyperspace above Tatooine now. The ship comes out of hyperspace and you see a planet in front of you, uh, large in the distance, covered in brown and orange coloration. Uh, Those of you who have been to Tatooine, uh, which is all of you, uh, know that that Tatooine is a a planet that is completely covered in desert and uh, not a very hospitable world for those who are uh, not familiar with the Outer Rim. All of you stand inside of the bridge of the control room of this ship here as you exit hyperspace. And uh, Matt, your character chirping from a holocom on your belt. Matt, can you please just introduce yourself and uh, describe your character for us? Yub nub. Me, Chief Matt Lou. Me, get exiled from Endor for having beef with rival tribes. Excellent. As this little Ewok stands there, your holocom goes off, you grab it, open it up, hit the button, and you see a familiar face, uh, human woman, uh, long hair, uh, obviously silhouetted in blue, because that's how holocoms work in Star Wars. And she immediately says to you, please tell me that you didn't just drop out of hyperspace over Tatooine. Yub nub. Of course we did. Don't you love when we check in unannounced? Oh, I I don't mind the unannounced, but I do mind that the ship that you stole is sporting a black sun transponder signal. That's going to be a big problem. So... Before, let's just lay this out for, for, for you guys. The crime syndicates right now in the, the time of the galaxy that we're in, which for those of you who are interested, we are functioning in the Mandoverse timeline. Crime syndicates operating in the Outer Rim don't even really need to like hide themselves anymore. It's, it's basically the Wild West in the Outer Rim. Um... Seeing a ship that appears uh, over Tatooine with a black sun transponder signal, not that big of a deal. It is a big deal when it's not being piloted by somebody from the black sun. Um, Rayla says to you guys, do not land at the most Isley spaceport. If you land at the spaceport, they will find this ship and they will hunt you down. So what I need you guys to do is approach slowly and try to find a spot close to Mos Eisley that you could potentially land and uh, stay out of view of, of, you know, the the crime syndicates that are are running free here on Tatooine. Um, After you guys land, uh, head to Anchorhead. And I will get in contact with you and let you know what's going on. So what I need you guys to do now, you're hovering, you're, you're starting your descent down onto Tatooine. You have a computer console in front of you that is giving you the location of the most Isley spaceport. And Anchorhead is very close to that. 
Um, what I need you guys to do is as you descend, I want all of you to give me a perception check as you come down. So roll your 20-sided die and add your perception modifier to it. Perception. I got a 10. I don't even see my perception, but I'll roll. I got a 2. Thunder wisdom. I got a... I got an eight, nine minus one. Oh, so, so my nine perception is a plus zero, so just a two for me. Oh, God. Two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so an eight, a two, and a ten. Okay, so uh, Zavu, uh, uh, Zavu, you lean over the screen, and what I'd like you to do for, for the, the people watching here is describe yourself as you look over this screen and describe this location that you've uh, that you found that you could land. Describe myself. Yes, describe uh, yourself first. My name is Zavu Gaz. I'm a Zabrik. I'm 19 years old, about five foot nine, orange skin, yellow eyes, and I'm a Force user. And as I look Excellent. over the screen, I see nothing but sand, dunes, a lot like my home. Uh, except a lot cleaner, brighter. Uh, I don't know, guys. I'm not sure. We got. I think we have to hide this behind some sort of mountain or something. I mean, we we don't want to be detected. Me, so no as, like hiding. So as Zavu kind of scans over this, the landscape. Knowing, you know, desert planets and knowing that there could be a potential to hide on the far side of a dune, maybe in a craggy opening, kind of points one out and, and says to, to land in that spot. Uh, Sirt, Dorkoth, you're the pilot of this ship. Uh, please yes. uh, introduce yourself and your character uh, and describe how you pull this ship down onto the spot that... Uh, Zavu pointed out. My name is Sirt Dorkoth, and I was exiled by my home planet for merely trying to support them in the oppressive age of the Empire by becoming a bounty hunter. Um, after their uh, disapproval of my ways of bringing money to their destroyed planet, they exiled me and took everything from me. Now I'm hanging out with this Ewok, just trying to Yum, find my no. way around. <laughs> but um, seems like a pretty easy landing. GM. Pretty wide open. GM. Yes. Yes. Do we see anything? Um, well, let me do it in my Australian voice. Do we see anything? How far will we be if we, you know, pick the spot that I, I pointed out? How far are we from Mars Eisley? I'm assuming we need to get to Mars Eisley. So the way where you have spotted uh, a landing zone is is actually pretty close to Anchorhead, and from Anchorhead, you can take a uh, a shuttle that runs between Anchorhead and Mos Eisley pretty easily. It'll only like from what you can see, you'll you'll have to cross a dune, which will probably take you guys about an hour, hour and a half um, to get to Anchorhead, and then from there, um, that's where Rayla said to to reach out to her. And she can fill you guys in on any more information. 
There's a place um, we can land that will, it's kind of covered by on all sides. So the way what you have spotted is basically surrounding Anchorhead and a lot of the places here at this section of Tatooine, you have rolling dunes and you have some like kind of high craggy mountains. Um, and what you found in terms of a landing spot is an unpopulated area on the other side of a large dune that is kind of rolling up near the outskirts of Anchorhead. Uh, so this this spot is it's definitely unpopulated. You can see from uh, your approach that there's no settlements that are on this side of the dune from Anchorhead. Um, so there is cover from the general populace of Anchorhead. There's there's visual cover from a long distance from Mos Eisley, which is close to Anchorhead. Um, you know, it's it's not a cave that you can pull into, but it definitely does like eschew eyes from the two mo- like nearest populated cities. Uh, no the populated locations. No bant the tracks. So, uh, from. From your approach right now, you don't see any Bantha tracks. Okay. Uh, are we um, are we out of sight from any sand crawlers? So as you come down, uh, everybody, Jawas. give me a, another perception check to see if there's like any sort of uh, like patrols running in this area or anything like that. <sighs> yeah. Five. Five. Come on. Fourteen total. Fourteen total, and then. Also five for you, Zavu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Matt yes. Lou, you're looking around. Um, you don't see any sand crawlers. You don't see any uh, mm. any speeder patrols that are running around this area. Um, as you guys pull into land, um, you can see that that there are some tracks here, but it doesn't seem like anything that's recent. Like there's just, uh, you know, you can see the telltale signs of like speeders that have buzzed by this area, uh, kind of like a part in the sand dunes as the repulsor lift engines push the sand away as it glides over. Um, but there isn't anything that you see in terms of like active people patrolling any speeders that are circling the area or anything like that. Tatooine is a very open, uh, place that, that, uh, it's, so it's not, uh, uncommon to see speeders running around in, in unpopulated locations, taking shortcuts, maybe um, just people messing around in open space. Um, so as you land and you guys exit the craft, you do see some speeder tracks, but nothing that you would consider concerning. You don't see any large sand crawlers. Uh, the telltale sign of Jaw was coming by for scrapping materials or anything like that. Um, it does look like a relatively isolated area, but you can tell that, uh, at some points people may pass by with a speeder every now and then. Um, that's what you get off of your perception checks as you land. Um, as you land, uh, you know that over the dune in front of you, the, uh, that you'll, that uh, Anchorhead lies. So it'll be a short, uh, short trip to cross the dune down into Anchorhead. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to do like on the ship before you head towards Anchorhead? Did, did we loot this ship to see if there's anything good we can 
salvage from it. You have not. You ha- you guys have not done an investigation check or, 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 or like checked around this ship to see what's on it. It is a stolen vessel. So uh, for anybody that wants to do a, a check, you can uh, roll an investigation check. If you don't feel confident in your investigation check or if you have a low investigation score, I will allow you to help somebody who has a better investigation score and they can roll with advantage, which means rolling twice and taking the higher roll. Yeah, I have guidance actually. So if somebody wants to do it, I can guide them. Okay. Where, where is investigation? Investigation is listed under your intelligence. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, right there. Okay. I've got plus two. So that's not. Too bad. I think you should take the investigation. I'm, I'm totally yeah. going to. Yup, nub. There's probably I, I just need stuff. to hit the head oh, before shit. we hit the trail. That's all Matt Lou okay. needs to do. Drank too much. So Matt Lou hits the. Matt Lou hits the refresher in his uh, in his quarters on this ship. Uh, while Cert, you do a, a, a thorough sweep. So uh, Cert, roll with advantage, and then also uh, Zavu. You said you were going to give him guidance. Yeah, I'll cast guidance. That gives you a D4. Uh, add that to your ability check. So yes. Okay. Well, I rolled a 16. A 16. So now, what you do with the guidance? Take the D4, which is your triangle dice. Roll yeah. that, and then add that number to the 16. Another three. 19. Nice. 19. We're gonna get some. You good had stuff. a two, two so, by default, right? Yeah, I added that. Oh, that's okay. already added. Yeah, so he's got the 16 plus 3, so 19. So, Matt Lou, you're off uh, in the refresher, uh, uh, taking a leap. Long, long pee. Uh, Lots of as, <laughs> as you're doing that, Cert and Zavu, you guys are kind of like checking compartments. Cert, you in particular, you've been in this game for a while. You've been a part of the underworld. You and Matt Lou both have kind of been like, Find, trying to find your way into the smuggling business into kind of this this like underworld of sorts so you you have like a familiarity with like some smuggling places and like smuggling uh uh locations within ships that are hidden from regular uh sweeps from patrols you go into the uh the engine room of this vessel uh and you lift up one of the floor uh, like the plasteel floor uh, guards. And in that, you see a huge stash of spice. Uh, oh, boy. And yeah. Like, you you kind of look at this, you look over, there's multiple bun- bundles and bundles of spice. And you can, like, eyeballing it, you think that this is probably 10,000 credits worth of spice. The only problem with that is you have to find how to move it. You know, like you can't just walk into Anchorhead with a backpack full of spice and start slinging it to anybody who's in town. Uh, It is definitely a discerning type of like, who can I sell this to? Also knowing that this is Black Sun spice from a ship that you've stolen. um, It may lead you to believe that uh, the Black Sun may have an interest in finding this ship. So getting this transponder codes fixed quickly is probably of utmost importance to you guys. So the transmit, so there's no way to shut that off. We can't stop that from. So the transponder signals on this ship. I mean, right now 
you've already kind of flashed it and luckily Rayla was right. able to, to divert you guys. Now that the mm-hmm. ship is powered down and you guys are mm-hmm. off of it, you won't be sending a transponder signal. Okay. Um, none of you have the technical know-how to like disable a transponder signal within the ship um, mm-hmm. or change it. Right. So um, <laughs> at the time you guys are safe, ship is powered down. There is no transponder signal that's being uh, you know, that's being beaconed out to, uh, any like passerby vessels or anything like that. Um, but once you guys do kick it back on and you do, uh, find yourself, you know, using the ship again, it will be broadcasting that signal. So, cool. uh, search. So Matt, did, Matt Lou, as he, go ahead, Savu. Did Sturt just find the the Spicer? Am I with him or have I? So you're this? with him. Like you guys are okay. like, are, are kind of going throughout the vessel together to see if there was anything of value. So you two both kind of found this together. Like, sir, mm-hmm. you pulled up this plastic floor guard and Zavu, you're standing like right over him as he's like, finds this little smuggling uh, container. Um, so you guys both see it. Uh, Matt Lou, as you come out of the refresher, you kind of, you know, you're walking around, you look for, and you see them in the engine room, uh, kind of huddling over this one space. And as you walk in, you see this too, you see, you see a stash of spice and, um, and now you kind of know like, okay, we didn't just steal a ship. We, we've stolen a, a pretty hefty amount of, of spice from the black sun. (laughs) Yub and these nub. are in crates. Yub nub. Yub nub. Matt Lou, no spice. Matt Lou, love spice. Matt Lou, find. <laughs> We're selling how this to sell spice. spice. Don't get any ideas. Cert, okay. you know me. Selling. We will get rid of this selling stuff. Selling the spice. Matt Lou and spice it's go together. Spice or credits. Right. So. We want credits. Uh, Zavu, in this moment, um, what are you feeling here? Because because Cert and and Matt Lou, you know, those are they're kind of running together. They're both definitely like more on the seedy side of things. I wouldn't say yeah. that they're bad guys, but they're definitely like yeah, trying no. to make their name in the smuggling game. You know, um, at at for you as somebody who's followed a different path in life, when you see this uh, stash, like what's running through your head? Um, just, just my thoughts. Yeah. Like what's just like, what's kind of running through your head? Do you have any, mm. uh, you can well, also like, if there's something that you want to say to the group, you feel free to, to voice your opinion Zavu, as well. Spice good for mind. Keep clear. <laughs> I've got, I've got a direction and, and I know that's going to divert. I'm a little conflicted about this. Spice is not good. We like should travel. Let's make, let's make our way to Moss Eisley. Find out. We can't carry this now. We can't just carry it out in the middle of the open. So let's go make our way there and see what we can find. That's my suggestion. I agree. Yub nub. Only if I get hit Don't first. Don't get any ideas. Okay, so no Matt hits. Lou, uh, as as Zavu and Search are working are, are walking towards the exit of the ship, Matt Lou, you you lean over to one of the bundles of spice, 
uh, cut it open with a little, uh, you know, like tear it open with your, with your nail Yum, and take nah. a hit of it. You definitely feel a, a rush. You feel awake. You're yeah. ready to go. Yeah. Uh, so you guys exit the ship Bazaar-ka. and, uh, you know that right over the dune is, is Anchorhead. So you guys travel over the dune and as you enter Anchorhead, um, you remembered Matt Lou that, that Rayla said to, to give her a buzz when you guys got there. Yup, nub, sir. He's already got a buzz. We got to call Rayla. Get your hollow recorder out. Comms? I forgot my yeah. back of the every, ship so like after everybody that Everybody here has a hollow comm device. Okay. Uh, everybody here I has forgot. a hollow comm device. I had too much spice. Mine's right back here in my back pouch. <laughs> yeah. Strength up, intelligence down. <laughs> yes. Uh, spice. <laughs> Rayla. Matt Lou, you take out your Rayla, come your in. Device. Rayla, yub nub. You ring. Uh, she pops up onto the hollow comm and says, okay, did you stash the ship away? Can Are you sure that nobody can find this thing? Rayla, you know me, yub nub. No problem. That's the problem, is I know you. Anyway, you're you're here. We're gonna get it figured out. So what you guys need right away is you need a slicer. We need to find somebody here that's not on Prime Syndicate payroll that can get this fixed for you guys. The problem is what I said before, not on Crime Syndicate payroll. Uh we have some limited options. A lot of the guys that I know have either gone off world after uh, the fall of the empire and they've been kind of making their buck in the mid rim or just bouncing around the outer rim. So a lot of my like key contacts are gone. Oh man, you guys really fucked up on this one. Didn't you stole a black <laughs> sun ship and you didn't even know it. Hmm. After, after about a, like a, a few solid, you know, 30, 45 seconds of, of thinking, Rayla looks up and says, this isn't the best idea, but it might be the only one that we have. Uh, there's a toy Darian that I know named Crepo. He's nice. a s- top-notch slicer, definitely. The problem is he's a bottom-notch gambler. And, he's, and Jedi mind tricks don't work on him. He, that's also a good thing to note, too. Tordarians, mm-hmm. they're strong of mind, but they're not strong of will. Uh, Prepo got in deep with a Nikto gang. Um, and for the past couple of months, they've had him working a salvage line at a yard that they run in the Bomar Flats north of Mos Eisley. Um, like I said... Not the best plan, but might be the only one that we have. Our best choice of action or our best course of action here may be for you guys uh, to try to break this guy out somehow and have him help you with this slicing problem that you have. Um, I know you're flat broke, as Matt Lou told me right before you guys came to tattooing. So bribing anybody's probably out of the question. Um, so you may need to, uh, sneak your way in. You may need to fight your way in. You may need to talk your way in, but somehow you guys are going to have to get prepo out of this salvage yard. Um, 
So as she says that, uh, she sends through coordinates to this salvage yard in the Bomar Flats to your Holocom device, Matt Lou. And that, like, that's something that you can kind of pull up for reference at any time. So you now know where this salvage yard is. She says, uh, before she, she ends the, the holo call with you guys, she says, find yourself some speeders, make your way there, and for God's sake, don't get yourself killed. And then the, the call ends. So now you find yourself in Anchorhead. Um, Anchorhead is a very small town. It's not a, a bu- like hustling, bustling port of call like most Isley is. There's definitely uh, well, you know, a place here that you can rent some speeders from. There's some basic general store supplies as well. Um, but just taking a look around, you, do, you can kind of tell that like your selection is going to be limited here in Anchorhead. Um, so you, now that you guys are here in Anchorhead, what would you like to do? How much do you trust this person? She's the only person we've got. Yub nub. With Dork Ted. There's probably a good cantina around. We can figure out maybe what to do with this spice. Maybe get us some cash, some credits. I don't think we want to be telling anyone we've got any spice anywhere. Tipping our hats. What are we going to do then? I mean, if we want to sell this spice, then I think we've got to go right to to your contact. Yub nub. If the spice comes out again, I'll be hitting it. So we need to get rid of it quick. It's true. It's true, folks. It's true. So as of now, you guys, the spice is still on the ship. So like you guys right. didn't bring any with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the spice Unless is still you on did, the ship. Matt Lou. He's still like got something on his upper pocket. lip. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Thank you, Zavu. Yeah, so the spice is still on the ship. So mm-hmm. if you want mm-hmm. to, you can reach back out to Rayla and see if she can, uh, if she has any ideas for how uh, to deal with this spice. Uh, That's honestly our best option. Okay. So well, you guys, she, was, she was saying, she was telling us what? Like that we could go to this person. This person is a, we'll cut the spice. Well, it's a slicer that's going to be able to change your transponder codes on your ship for oh, you. Oh, this is what we're, we're talking about the transponder codes now. Okay. Yeah. So, like, right. you, this slicer is a guy that, like, is probably your most immediate need. So, you can so our, right. drop so your our, heat. So, our first, th- right. Okay. So, right now, even though it's not transponding anything, we need to get this taken care of so we can move somewhere. If we have to take this someplace else, if we have to get off planet, we don't want. Okay, understood. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we can make a mutually beneficial deal with this um, Nikto gang that's got the Toydarian trading some spice for for our Toydarian. Very possible. A, a, a biker gang might be interested in some spice. They can screw off with it however yeah, they like. Um, what do yeah. you think, Zavu? You down, man? I lost you guys. Damn it. Uh, he's oh, there. there. I think are. I think we're back. All right. You're in deep right. thought for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, what was said? 
if we try to create a mutually beneficial deal, trading some of our spice to that Nikto gang t- to maybe get our Toydarian, trade some spice for a Toydarian, maybe they'll be into it. So we have to get past the, the Nikto gang to get to your, your cutter, right? And Nikto's aren't very smart, so. No. We don't want to give him like a quarter of it. Yeah, but I don't want to give him that much. But why, 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 where are we, how are we going to bring this with us? Where, how are we going to trade them spice that we don't have in hand and, and or not bring them back to a stolen ship that they can then blackmail us for and, you know, take everything? Well, I, I have a backpack. I actually do have a backpack. It's one of my things that I've got in my equipment. Holds 30 pounds, so I could. I could run back and put some in there. <laughs> I say you run back, get a little bit of that. Not, don't give it to Matt Lou. Uh, and uh, just make percent of it. While we're there, I forgot. Just make sure that we've wiped the ship of any trace of ourselves. We haven't left anything behind. Mm. If we're fa- if it's found, we don't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, I think we have to do that. We have to have something. Otherwise we're not going to get very far. Matt Lou with dork off make trade. So sir, you head back to the ship backpack in hand. And, uh, I mean, it's roughly like a, sorry, we'll go secure some speeders. While you're out there. Uh, so you run off, you go get some spice. It's going to be like a two hour kind of back and forth for you. Uh, search to like get the spice, come back into town. Now, as uh, you guys are in Anchorhead waiting around, um, you see there is like one speeder rental place here. Um, they, you know, they got the basics. They have basic speeders for rent. Uh, and it's 130 credits each. So if you wanted to rent three speeders, it would be 390 credits. They may be able to give you a deal since you're renting more than one, but that's kind of the going rate. And then in terms of supplies, uh, you can get uh, seven-day ration packs for your trip out there. Um, The trip out there uh, into the Bomar Flats, is going to take you into the area that that Rayla showed you. Matt Lou, you, you look at it on the map and you're like, it's probably going to take us about a day and a half of travel to get there. Um, you can buy seven-day ration packs for 10 credits each. And there's also a vendor here in Anchorhead that sells med packs. Um, he only has three, but you can buy them for five credits each. Um, as I was saying before... Uh, Anchorhead's not going to have the the selection that most Isley might. Um, so that's what you find here. So you don't necessarily have to move on that if you don't want to. You could go check out most Isley and see what kind of selection they have. Um, but that's where are we from most Isley? There is a shuttle that runs to most Isley oh, right. uh, from Anchorhead, and it takes roughly 30, 45 minutes. All right. Uh, Matt Lou? Yup, no. 
Why don't we take a look at some of these speeders and see what we can do? I have a feeling if we get to Mos Eisley, it might. Mos Eisley is going to be closer, though, right, to our destination? Mos Eisley is going to be uh, a little bit closer to uh, the Bomar Flats, like the interesting Miles or? Uh, In terms, yeah, I mean, like, you're talking probably five miles closer, so it's not anything that's super significant. It is a more direct route than Anchorhead. Anchorhead's going to put you through a little bit more of a rough terrain to get you uh, on, like into the entrance to the Bomar Flats. Whereas uh, coming directly from Mos Eisley, it's going to be a little bit cleaner of a shot. Okay. Um, and we don't have to worry about fuel or anything like that. Are we talking about like, like kind of going that road or we're just okay? No. <laughs> as, Zavu, as written. Okay. think too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Okay, so we'll say that you guys hang out in Anchorhead. Like, you've scoped out what's available in Anchorhead. You know you know you can get some basic speeders here. You know you can get limited rations and med packs here. Um, as Search uh, returns from loading up on this spice, uh, you guys uh, can, like, you guys can head off to Mos Eisley if you want to. Um Matt Lou wants the, the, some food and medicine. Yeah. So the transport from uh, from Anchorhead to Mos Eisley's here, you guys can hop right on. There's no charge to use it. It's just the transport that runs like a shuttle that runs back and forth. People from the space station to Anchorhead, and then they can go from where they, you know, there where they want to, and then vice versa. Uh, you guys hop on this. And it's, it's pretty much empty. There's not a lot of people that are, that are taking the journey from Anchorhead back to Mos Eisley right now. When it pulled up, you noticed that a few people got off, mostly just looks like uh, itinerant workers or, uh, you know, like uh, just people who are kind of passing through the spaceport, uh, hopping off at Anchorhead and then taking somewhere to their next destination. No, nothing that looks too seedy, just regular activity. Uh, you guys sit within the, the patrol craft or the, uh, the shuttle craft that takes you back to Mos Eisley. And as you get there, um, this is kind of where the hustle and bustle is in this area. You see, uh, multiple speeders kind of passing along the sand roadways. You see dome topped white buildings. You see tall structures made completely of durasteel metal, uh, beacons for ships as they pass through and need to find their landing location within the spaceport. You see people on the street peddling all sorts of things, uh, cooked meats. You see people that are selling death sticks and drinks. You see people that are selling. Uh, like any number of things, some, some, uh, some dead animals from the gentleman waste and other places. You can see a, a, a vendor on the side that has a, a womp rat on a spit that's rotating over a fire. <laughs> um, and, uh, as you make your way through Mos Eisley, you can see a number of different shops. You see, um, one, uh, speeder rental place that has like, a ton of different types of speeders in there. Um, and you see general stores that are stocked. You see um, like other supply locations 
that have different sorts of things that you could use. Um, so right now it's kind of open to you guys. Where, where do you want to go? What do you want to look for? Well, I mean, before we go anything, any place we should eat, right? I mean, don't know where we're going to eat again. Matt Lou is hungry. Uh, all right. Matt Lou is hungry. So let's, uh, let's find ourselves Too a much spice. Let's do it. <laughs> and grab, grab something Matt to Lou, eat. Matt Lou, uh, you've, you've been on the spice now for about, uh, about three hours, three and a half hours. You're getting towards the, the end of the hit that you took last time. And you down. are starting to get the, the munchies a little bit. So <laughs> you guys find, uh, the most Isley cantina, the one that's directly, almost directly attached to the most Isley spaceport. As you make your way in, you see the droid bartender behind the bar kind of just acknowledges you with a nod there's open tables around the side um and as you guys sit down a uh a server droid rolls up uh single wheel and and as you sit down pulls up to take your order um what would you guys like for refreshments java juice for me matt lou needs grilled womp rat and glass spotchka. <laughs> I thought you guys ate everything raw. Uh, <laughs> I'll have two of those, uh, two womp, one womp rat, and I'll take uh, also uh, a juice. Okay, so you see the server droid. He doesn't have anything that he's writing on. He's just, you see his eyes kind of, as you put your okay. order in, and he acknowledges you and rolls off. Um, and within a minute, rolls back around the bar with your drinks, a Jawa juice for Sirt, Spotchka for Matt Lou, and uh, Zavu, you wanted a Jawa juice as well? Or yeah, are you getting, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a Jawa juice <laughs> for, uh, for Zavu. Uh, you guys hang out there. Um, you kind of look around the bar. There's a mix of, of different denizens in here. You can see Rodians, you can see droids, you can see humans, uh, like a ton of people come through this, this cantina every day as they come and go from the, uh, most Isley spaceport in Tatooine. Um, if you would like, uh, we can skip right to your meal. Um, or if you guys wanted to like search for any sort of information, you could do that. Do we see, uh, any Nikto? No Nikto in here. Yeah. No, no Nikto members in the, in the bar right now. And we Um, wouldn't know the, uh, and I have to write this down. I'm sorry. Uh, the, the black, uh, black sun. sun. Yeah. I mean, black sun is we know them by any kind of marking or anything like Mm. that. Right now, there doesn't like they don't wear like outward like signs of like like gang that you know like being in the black sun or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so it would be hard to spot them, especially since the like in the outer rim right now, it's not really under control of one like by one particular crime syndicate. Like all of the crime syndicates right now have kind of uh, agreed to like not really uh, fight 
within their groups with each other right now. They know that there's a ton of money to make uh, in the outer rim right now. There's, there's the rule of law after the fall of the empire and during this transitionary period where the new Republic is kind of finding its feet is just gone. Like there it's up in the air. You, you can see uh, that essentially each planet is kind of governing itself the best that it can. Um, but there is no like particular outward way of noticing if somebody's black sun or not. We notice if anybody's looking at us or make a perception check. Everyone looks at Matt Lou when he out. <laughs> uh, that is yes, see, you walk too often in Tatooine. Perception. Uh, sixteen. Sixteen. As you look around the bar, I mean, you see people kind of making sideways glances. Um, a lot of people here have never seen an Ewok before. Uh, yep, yep. The way that Ewok culture works is that you basically stay on the moon of Endor and you don't leave unless you are forced to leave, which Matt Lou was. Um, so a lot of these people are kind of like, trying not to make it noticeable, like not directly staring at Matt Lou, but are definitely like walking by, giving sideways glances, uh, looking inquisitively across the, across the cantina at him as he's sitting down uh, at the table that you guys have. Yum, yum, um, yum. You do. Nothing, nothing threat worthy, just looking yeah, at him. Like you do mm-hmm. notice that like every now and then somebody, like somebody's gla- uh, like, uh, glare will linger a little bit longer, but it doesn't seem like anybody's clocking your movements so far. I'm assuming you uh, guys I rolled have an some, eight. And, oh, sorry. I rolled an eight for uh, my perception. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, you kind of catch the same thing. Like every now and then, you'll see a glance over at uh, at Matt Lou, but nothing that's like uh, that would intimidate you or like make you think that somebody's like actively keeping an eye on you. Um, as you guys look around, uh, portions of grilled, uh, womp rat are brought over to the table and, yum, yum, uh, yum, you yum, guys yum. are free to have yum, your, yum, yum, your yum. meal here. Yum, yum, yum. Um, the, the, as the, uh, as the server droid brings your food around, he says that it's, uh, 15 credits for, uh, food and drink here. Um, so you guys can, we're going pay, Dutch. Gonna split it five credits yeah. each. Yeah, everybody, everybody give him a card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes, yeah, it looks like Zavu, you have 280 credits minus Matt five. Lou, yep, Matt Lou, you have 1900 credits, yep. and then Cert, you also 2180. Yeah, so you also have 2100 credits. So you guys hand over some credits to the server droid and he rolls away and goes to take care of other patrons. Thanks. You finish. So like you guys hang out here for a little bit, you finish your meal. Um, and then, uh, he's a droid. You don't really have to tell him. Thanks. Yeah. I like to thank him anyway. Mm, Droids Droids have feelings. Yeah. Droids have feelings. too. Droids are my God. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I hate droids. <laughs> so as you guys finish your meal, um, you can head back out into the most uh like spaceport open kind of area 
and uh, start to look for the provisions you might need for your trip over to okay. this scrapyard. I think we should get some food, some medicine packs, right? Some protein packs. Protein packs. Medicine. Yeah. Some back packs. to canisters. Right. Or something. Back to canisters. Sure. <laughs> All right. All right. So, stick, you, stick your finger in there if you cut your finger. Yeah. <laughs> Let it soak. Just pour it over you. So you guys walk around. You see um, a a speeder rental place that's like almost right next to the cantina. I mean, it's it's fifteen feet away, if that. Um, you make your way around and you see a a human man standing there. Uh, just kind of flanked by all the speeders that he has at his location. And uh, as you walk up to him, he says, I got anything you need in the market for a speeder. You want to go fast? You want to go slow? You want to be loud? You want to be quiet? I got anything you need. Okay. We want to be quiet. Okay. We want to go fast. Three. Of, we'd like to rent three of your finest speeders. Can we get like um, one speeder that can hold all of us? Like a land speeder kind of thing? So Would that save us some cash. You can see that that mostly what he has here is like individual speeders. The land speeders usually aren't going to be good for like long trips across like Bomar Flats open area and stuff like that. Um, so he doesn't have any here, um, but he does have you, Zavu, say to him, uh, you want to be quiet. And he's like, I can get you there quiet. It may not be as fast as other speeders, but you will get there quiet. Um, he says, he, sh- he points to three speeders off to the side, um, very sleek, low-hanging, uh, like kind of like low-crouched-over speeders, all painted in like a, like a very sand, kind of like orange desert color to blend in with the environment. Um, and he also says... Uh, these here, they'll get you there quiet. There's dampeners on the repulsor lifts, making them as quiet as can be. They're painted to stay hidden while driving through the sand dunes. Um, like I said, may not be the fastest, but nobody will see you coming. I have a plus two in technology. Maybe can we try to modify them at all? In so, it, okay. So, in what Let's way would them. you try to modify them? And also, um, I know that you're probably not asking this to the like to the no. person renting it. Oh, it's that was probably a, not a great you. idea to to uh, do work on speeders that you don't own. <laughs> right. We are. But what would you them. What would you want to do to it? Let's paint them up like Vespas. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, it's because so we can we can keep you know the dampeners keeping us quiet, but some to speed us up too, so we get both best of both worlds. Okay, we're not that far. So we're not go over so like, long. sir, you go over and you're like inspecting these speeders. Go ahead and give me a technology roll. Is that a what? What, what should I roll? Which yeah, so roll your d twenty, roll the twenty sided dice, and then add your technology to it. That's a 14. 14. You look at these speeders and like you kind of like lean under the the chassis, you look underneath it. You see that there is like a governor on this thing. 
And it, like from what you can see, you could manipulate this pretty easily to, to gain some speed on these things because they're not opened fully up. And you could probably set them back to their standard uh, speed levels before you turn them back in. All right, let's do it. Well, how many, uh, if you guys, how many days do you think we're going to be? Uh, so we gotta, are, we, are we renting these per day or? Um, so it's 150 like credits to rent these stealthy uh, speeders. And that'll just be like, that's basically like rent for a week, essentially. Like it would be like a longer term rental. You know that based off of what Matt Lou says from the travel time from Mos Eisley to this junkyard where you have to go get this guy mm-hmm. is probably like a day and a half's journey. So uh, you wouldn't like you would still be like under the the time period for a standard rental um, if you guys were to just make the trip and then and then bring them back. 100, 150 a piece. A piece, That's yeah. Gross. Um, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, I'm talking. I'm talking to. I'm talking to this guy. Okay. How about a hundred? Full three. Give me each a. Well, I'm. Hang on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to use effect mind. <laughs> there you okay. go. Sorry. Um, uh, so, right. if you're going to use effect mind, you might as well do a fifty a piece, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm also trying right, not to well. rip him off, but you know, uh, <laughs> not make it we too do have obvious. To, we do have to come back here and and drop them off. So uh, okay, she's talking this with All right, my, oh no, you have advantage on charisma checks. Okay, so what is your? Let me take a look at your sheet here. Your what am I looking for? Charisma. No, yeah. So, like, basically, I have to roll so a wisdom. wisdom saving throw, right? And I believe I have to roll it against your like spell casting, which your spell casting right now is your uh, wisdom. Mm-hmm. So you have a plus four. So basically, he's got to roll eight. He's got to roll twelve or higher mm-hmm. to save. You got this. So you, you reach out to affect his mind and you can tell that like, he kind of like, he like, he almost has like this, this look of like, he gets like a slight headache, but he shakes it off. So like, you know, that your affect mind didn't hold on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you do now is you can make a flat persuasion check. Okay. So that's a different thing than, than just persuasion, right? Like that's, you have to do. Yeah. So, that's not a pers- so you just like, if it, if it would have uh, succeeded, if you would have like successfully affected his mind, you mm-hmm. would have had advantage on this role, but because it failed, you don't have advantage. Yeah. That's an eight. <laughs> okay. So he looks at you and he says, a hundred credits for these bad boys is not going to cut it. You know, if you want, if you want them cheaper, I can get you some basic speeders, 115 each. Uh, you know, not going to be as quiet, but it'll get you there for sure. All right, 150. We can we can handle right. 150. All right, we'll take these. 
Okay. So you guys rent these speeders. Um, they're yours to take. Um, is there anything else that you're looking for? Uh, you said you were looking for like ration packs and stuff like that. Um, med packs. And uh, potentially some med packs. Okay. So uh, you like are, are kind of like putting along in your speeders that you guys are renting through the streets of Mos Eisley. You come across a general store. Um, and actually so like there's tracking our credits here, right? 150. Yeah. So you guys can subtract 150 credits from your total. 150. Okay. Um, all right. You guys see kind of like a, like a lean to that's set up and you can see that there's like a ton of different stuff there. They, there's protein packs, there's day, there's day rations, there's, uh, dried meats and food. You can see hanging from the, love meat. The, poles, the pole supporting. There's just like, uh, some, some meat hanging out there drying as well. Um, the, there is a, a Rodian that's kind of like working behind there. Um, and as you walk up, um, he just leans over and he says, uh, protein packs, 10 credits each, have as many as you want. Uh, dried meats, five credits for a pound. Uh, so you guys can, uh, there's a ton of different stuff here. Is there anything in like particular that you're looking for, for your rations? Is there any benefit that like the dried meats have over the protein packs or anything like that? Not really. No. Cause they're both going to give you just like the sustenance that you need to, to get it. I will say that the dried meats are a little bit more bulky. They're not as easy to, to transport, uh, price wise. Uh, that's why they're a little bit cheaper because they are like, you know, uh, a little bit harder to store. They're also not going to last as long as protein packs. If you buy a protein pack, you don't use it. You can hang on to it for longer. The meats will uh, probably spoil a little bit faster than the protein packs as well. Um, so those are kind of your trade-offs there. Okay. Let's go with the protein packs. Ugh. All right. They've I'll served us well in the past. Makes sense, but I like meat. Let's get him one. Let's get him one uh, dried meat. Oh, uh, yum dub. Okay, so, so uh, you guys pick up, you can pick up a seven day pack You're of protein. You're going for the group? Because <laughs> uh, Zavu is getting a little low on credits here. Uh, but uh, basically, the way that'll break down is you can get a seven, a seven day pack of rations for, uh, for uh, 10 credits each. Uh, if you want to do that, so you can save uh, a little bit more if you buy them in bulk. Um, and then yeah. a pound of dried meat for Matt Lou. Um, so you guys, so seven day pack of rations for each person would be 10 credits. Um, and then Matt Lou, if you want the seven day pack of rations plus a pound of the dried meat, it'd be 15 credits. I'll buy a seven-day supply. Zavu spot. <laughs> Zavu spot, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> Zavu's got way way less cash oh. than you. Yeah. How much, Matt? You know, Lou? Uh, fifteen. You owe fifteen credits, Matt Lou. <laughs> Yub nub. Um, and then last thing for you guys, y'all were looking for med packs. Um. There is a, uh, actually what you see here is very interesting. It's like a, 
uh, it's like a vending machine with with med packs in it. You guys don't even have to to go up to uh, a like a, a person selling them, and it's in there. Uh, you can pick up ten med packs uh, for five credits each. It would be 50, 50 credits for ten med packs, uh, which is like a discounted rate. You can buy them off individually uh, for like. What is it? It's like seven credits per med pack if you want to. Um, or you could get the 10 pack for, for 50. I'll get the 10 pack since Savu um, got us. Me the, like bulk buying, like Costco on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guys pick up 10 med packs uh, for. How much 50, was How many credits was it? 50, 50 credits for the 10. Cert, have deep pockets. For now, starting to, you know. And these are standard med packs. Um, I know, so like just a point of clarification. um, Last session, um, I think you guys used a protein pack as like a, like a pseudo health pack. Now with med packs, that will be like your primary way to heal um, is going to be through the med packs. The, the rations is just like, Stuff you'll use on like the the trip to make sure that you're hydrated, to make sure that you're uh, fed. Uh, not anything that we're going to be like tracking super hardcore, but just uh, something for the journey. Um, so you, like, you guys track one of those your, a day or something like that, or yeah, it would be one a day. Okay. Okay. Um, as you guys make your way through the rest of the um, you know the the area around Most Isley, you do spot something that seems pretty interesting. There is like a like a one-time use mini stealth probe droid that is essentially like call it like a foot, like about a foot tall, um, and very thin. It fly it's like it flies. Um, and you can buy one of those if you guys wanted to for 25 credits. Matt Lou will step that sounds up pretty cool. and buy droid. Okay, so Matt Lou, you have Thanks, Matt Lou. A mini stealth probe droid um, at your disposal. Um, you guys have everything you need now. You have your speeders, you have your rations, you have your bed packs, you have this little probe droid. Uh, you are now free to head off towards your destination. So you guys hop on your speeders and you break off towards the Bomar Flats. Uh, Ride it like, like a bantha. Speeder- Ride it like a bantha. <laughs> <laughs> like the speeder salesman said, uh, these aren't the fastest speeders, but you are very stealthy. You still are making good time. Um, so what I'm going to need from you guys in terms of the travel is uh, for your first day of travel, go ahead and uh, give me a survival check. Now, what you can do again is um, you can assign one person to make the survival check, and if the others are helping, you can make it at advantage. Okay. I have minus I'm, one for survival. I'm so. plus two on survival. I'm so. zero, so Zavu. Okay, so all right, Zavu, you can right. make this at advantage. I roll advantage. for everybody. That is oh yeah twenty. Uh, 18. Oh, uh, 18 plus 18 plus two is 20. Yeah. 20. Yes. Sweet. We're not natural 20. 30, so 20. Sorry. as you guys are going along, um, Zavu, you're in the front and you're kind of just 
like keeping eyes out. The Bomar Flats are, as their name describes, super flat. Uh, there's not a lot of topography that you need to go over to get to your destination, but you are flanked by like craggy orange mountain rock that is kind of enclosing these flats from the surrounding area. There's sand dunes that are far off in the distance. And you see as you guys are, are zipping through um, that you can see activity of Tuscan Raiders in this area. Um, and you can see kind of like off to like off way off in the distance towards some of these like high mountainous areas, uh, like a glint of light from a scope of a uh, Tuscan Raider rifle. And you point that out and you uh, direct the group to kind of like skew further towards the other side of the flats to stay out of range. Um, and because you guys have the stealthier speeders, you pass by this little uh, ambush point of Tuscans unscathed uh, and, and unnoticed. Um, as you guys go along, night starts to fall. Um, and, uh, you kind of scout the area out, uh, uh, Zavu and you see like a, like a little kind of alcove where you guys can kind of pull off, tuck the speeders away and, 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 and spend the night there. Got my macro binoculars out looking. <laughs> your binox. Okay, you, you like take your binox and you're scanning the flats and you see kind of off to, like the northeast of where you are now, like a small little like alcove that comes out with, uh, with rock that you guys can kind of skirt into and sit down for the night. Okay. So, um, you guys set up, it doesn't get super cold here at night. Um, it's comfortable enough. You guys have, uh, you know, enough area here where you can lay out, go to sleep. Um, is there any conversation that you guys want to have before we move into our night's watch? Yup, nub. Cert, cert, dork off. You see Matt Lou on speeder. Look like cousin Paplu against Empire. Cool. <laughs> Whatever you say, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you guys did a great job there. Gotta say. Matt Lou, go fast. Why did they kick you out? Let's just say Paplu no longer like Matlu. Hmm. That's a shame. It's too much it was too much spice. Uh mm, that I can see. Spice bad. Make me crazy bear. <laughs> Do you guys have any any other enemies that we should know about here on Tatooine? No. Little, furry, no one pay attention to Matlu. A lot of pay, people paying attention to you in the canteen, I'll tell you that, my little friend. Bunch of scruffy-looking nerf herders. <laughs> I'll agree with you there. All right, I, I think we should get some sleep. I'll take first watch. Okay. And then... Good. Yeah, so we're still drunk. Yeah, you, I can't trust you with, with that right now. Sleep it off. So, yeah, so the way that Night's Watch rotations works is that there's going to be three watches. There's three of you. Um, so first watch, second watch, third watch, that will give all of you 
enough sleep to get a full night's rest. So if we were to go into like some sort of combat and you had taken uh, damage or if you had used force uh, force power slots or tech power slots, those would all regenerate even though you are up at night uh, during a watch. So first nice watch uh, or first watch for the night. Zavu, go ahead and give me a perception check. <laughs> That is a is that a nine or a six? Damn it! Hang it. Can't get these dice uh, like the swirly. On uh, the dice, there I should be it. a dot at the bottom of it it's, telling you. Yeah, it's an it's an it's a eleven. Eleven. Uh, you feel pretty confident that where like the spot that you pulled off in is is pretty you know like is pretty covered from like visual range of anybody who would be coming down. The Bomar Flats are like looking for. Uh, like any particular people to ambush. Um, as the other two lay down, like you're kind of looking around. Um, you don't see anything in your periphery or near you. Um, at this point in the day, like people are definitely starting to bed down and Tuscans aren't known for night raids. Um, so pretty safe on first night's uh, watch. Uh, who is going to take the second watch? I'll take second watch. Okay, cert, you take second watch. So same thing. Go ahead and give me a perception check. <laughs> I love my um, playing sleeping. That's 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 perfect. <laughs> uh, I'm I got six. Six. Okay, cert, uh, you're like, like yeah, you're up and you're you know, quote unquote watching, but uh, it's been a long day. For you guys, it's you know a lot of travel. You had to do two tra- two trips over that uh, That's true, over, I did. over that sand dune to go and get the spice and bring it back. Uh, you guys had uh, a long travel day on speeders through super hot sand, so you're like you're dozing off every now and then. You hear like a skitter <sighs> off in the distance. Wake up, and you Uh-oh. see like a womp rat running off to the side. Or you see like a little desert lizard kind of scurry into a uh, a little hole that he's dug in the sand for himself to keep cool. Um, but you don't see, there's nothing that is encroaching on you as you guys have your watch. Uh, as you lay down, you kind of nudge Matt Lou to wake up for his watch. Yum, nub. <laughs> Dreaming of the Nebby. No good. <laughs> Revenge dreams. Um, Matt, Lou, go ahead and give me a perception check as well. Yup, nub. Three. Three. Uh, again, like, you're kind of uh, in this hand. Spotch, go ahead, foggy. Yeah, you, you wake up and Ugh. you had yourself a hit of spice. You had yourself a couple glasses of spotchka last night, so you're definitely shaking off a bit of a hangover. Classic Matt Lou. What do you do to the... You know, picking some some bugs out of your fur as they crawled on you during the night. Breakfast. Um, But at this time, uh, dawn is beginning to break. You see the twin sons of Tatooine coming overhead, um, and off in the distance... Uh, you can see the outline of this scrapyard that you guys are heading to. So you know you're close. Um, it will be less than a half a day's travel for you guys to get there. 
Um, so you guys are now awake. You've, you've had your breakfast. You've had your ration for the day. Get back on your speeder and you can head towards the, um, you can head towards the location of the scrapyard. So, uh, uh, Zavu, go ahead and give me one more survival check. That is, uh, 17. 17. Nice. Uh, Zavu, uh, on the way there, you don't see any signs of Tuscans because, like, now you're starting to get too close to this scrapyard. And as you approach it, you can see that, like, you've gotten to a point to where you can make out this scrapyard. And from what you can see, it's a pretty large area. Um, you can see that there are, it's a, it's a huge circular yard. You can see that there is a gate that is wide open, uh, right now in the front, uh, of the scrapyard, the direction that you guys are heading. You can also see, uh, that there are two tower structures that are built on the inside walls of this scrapyard. Uh, but from this distance, you can't really see anybody who's there. Like if there's anybody occupying the towers um, and the yard itself, like the enclosure to this yard is itself made of scrap. Uh, like you can see that it's like discarded pieces of like giant sheets of Durasteel. You can see that it's like all of these different kind of, cast off scraps of metal and plastic and other types of materials that are just kind of uh, like welded together to make this yard. Um, and from here, you also know that Matlu has this stealth probe droid that you guys could send out to maybe get some eyes on it before you fully roll up to it. Can I see anything with using the binoculars or anything? Or are still too far? Or? Yeah, so the binox, you can see... Mm -hmm. Um, it's not going to give you like a perspective that's over anything. So the binox, yeah, the like binox the you can see, yes, yeah, so like up in the towers, you do see two, uh, one in each tower on each side of this gate. You do see two snipers. These aren't Tuscan snipers. They're not using like, you know, the standard rifles. These, they, they are using, uh, oh, like okay. high grade, uh, sniper rifles with scopes, uh, to, to check out this area. Um, you can see that there are gates that open and close to this particular yard. Um, from what you gather, they likely close the gates at night, open the gates during the day for trading purposes or other like in and out from the yard. Um, but, go ahead. Is there anything is a, in particular that you're looking for? No, but this is a Tuscan uh, establishment, right? This is a, no, so this is run by Nick. This is what we're Nick looking Dope. for. This is where we're going. This is where we're headed to. This is the Nick, the Nick Dope Dope gang. Place. And they, yeah, so they this just is the hired yard a couple of Tuscan Raiders for as snipers up in the yeah. top or they're what doing. Whatever. Yeah, no. So the, the snipers that you guys saw coming in, like mm -hmm. during the, your speeder trip in were like mm -hmm. a couple of like Tuscans that were like basically looking to see if there was anybody they could pick off. Mm -hmm. uh, like during their run through the flats, right. this location is run and controlled by, uh, the Nikto gangs. Okay. What's uh, our plan? So that's what you could gather from your binox. 
if okay. you want, you could, Matt Lou, you could deploy that stealth probe droid yep, no. and kind of get like an overhead view mm-hmm. uh, and get like Good. a little bit more feel for, for Zavu, what you guys may sir, be dealing with. Let's use the droid. Yub nub. Are we hidden still? Yeah, so you guys distance? are far enough out in okay. the distance to where um, they haven't really spotted you yet. It's also not uncommon for speeders mm-hmm. to run up and down the right. uh the bomar flats technically this is one way that you could get to bib fortuna's palace um so seeing speeders running up and down the flats wouldn't be out of place for the nictos that run this establishment uh but we've so you stopped for like, the second right we're stopped yeah you guys are stopped uh, out at a distance okay what makes this droid stealth just it's because it's its size basically small coloration it also has a cloaking mechanism on it that you can yeah that you can uh engage um in one-time use though in send over right it's it's one-time use yeah it it is kind of like a one-time use droid for that amount there are like what's going on you know usually go crazy now i'm constrained (laughs) you guys give me problems We'll use the droid. Damn straight, we'll Check use it out droid. First. My money, we'll my droid. Okay, Matt Lou, uh, you let this droid go, and you have like a little control dock for it. And as you engage the droid and its stealth engine, um, a screen comes to life on your control dock that is essentially allowing you to see what the droid is seeing. Um, so you send this thing off and as it gets into the sky, the stealth component of it, uh, turns on and it is invisible to the naked eye. Um, as it flies over, uh, you can see that indeed there are, uh, snipers on the top of each of these, uh, towers that are right by the entrance to the gate. Uh, as you float further over into, uh, the, the top, uh, like above the, uh, area of the particular, like of the area of the, of of the scrapyard, you can see inside of it. You can see that along the right wall of this enclosure is a very long, uh, conveyor belt that leads to a furnace. Uh, you can see a bunch of different, like at this height, it's hard to make out like individuals from this but you can see people along this scrap line uh like working sorting through scrap letting certain things go into the furnace on the other side along the left wall is various other stations where people are are you know forging metals they're they're uh they're welding things together they're like taking some of these scrap pieces and starting to either repair, uh, repair like, uh, speeders or repair droids that they could then like go and resell. Um, or they're like doing some sort of work with some of the salvage material that's within the yard. The yard itself is large. Uh, it's probably, it probably has like a 200 foot circumference in this entire circular area. Um, you can see down there, Patrol group, there's two patrol groups, one kind of patrolling the right side of the yard, one patrolling the left side of the yard. From what you can see, it looks like a guard and uh, like a hound, like some sort of uh, 
uh, hound animal at its side as they kind of just walk up and down the left and right sides of the yard. Um, and, and you can also Inside. see that like, while this is like a very shoddily put together place, you could almost see from this area that like, there may be like gaps within the exterior walls of this place that you guys may be able to like, just thinking about different ways you could approach this. You may be able to sneak into if you decide not to take a forward approach to this. Um, so you see all of that. The droid comes back to you and essentially the battery pack on it is, is like shot. So what you did, like what you can do with this droid is you can buy replacement batteries for it. And like, you can use it more than once, but it's got a very limited charge. Thank um, crappy battery. <laughs> how many, uh, so how this, many people so, did we see inside approximately? Do we have so a there's, there are a number of people working along this scrap line, probably okay. 10 people working along this scrap line on, okay. on the right-hand side of it. On the left-hand side of it, you saw probably five people working at various stations, either, uh, you know, like blacksmithing, like forging metals, welding, doing some sort of work, repairing different things. Plus you have on the right side, uh, a, a guard and his dog kind of doing a walk up and down. And then on the left side, a guard and a dog kind of doing his walk up and down as well. But this is a very large area. Uh, like I said, it's probably like 200 yards in terms of like total size from like entrance to the back wall. And then an equal amount, 200 yards from the right wall to the left wall. Um, so there is like, it's not, I wouldn't say that it's, it is heavily guarded, but there are people who are watching like the different sides of it. Um, in addition to the two snipers at the top. So from what you guys can tell, um, in terms of how you could go about this, this is just like me as the DM kind of giving you some scenarios here. There's a few ways that you could go about this. Obviously, sir, you have this, uh, this stash of, uh, spice that you guys could try to trade, uh, for this, uh, toy Darian. You could try to sneak past the guards in the watchtower but given the fact that this is like an open area with no blockage yeah. and not an easy way to stealth through, probably not the best idea. You could try to uh, like cause a distraction and pull these uh, snipers down from their posts individually and deal with them that way. Or you could search around the compound, like I said, during Matt Lou's kind of like top-down view to see if you could sneak into it, like through some of these openings in like the shoddily put together walls around the area. Hmm. Um, and there's also the possibility of you guys trying to talk this out with them and seeing if you could make some sort of trade for this Tordarian with the spice that you have. Um, Matt Lou thinks usually go berserk, but since we use droid. I say we search for secret entrance. I mean, I feel like we got the spice. What else are we going to do? Matt Luke could keep like, spice, cert. I think, I think keep that in your pocket. Um, let's, let's, you know, yeah. Um, I got to go back in the Australian. <laughs> Zavu, yeah. do let's you need to spice. take your... Let's keep the spice in your pocket. Zavu, do you now. need to take break before we move? 
Um, I'm fine for now. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I so, would say, I, I would say, uh, where do we know where this, this, this slicer is? Do we know where he is? It, once we get in there, if we can sneak in there, how do we, how do we find him? I mean, if so, we're talking to someone, well, how do we find him? So Rayla did say that he was working the scrap line. Um, and based off of what Matt Lou saw on his droid, you know that the scrap line is specifically on the right side of the wall or, or of this, like of the enclosure. And you know that the scrap line kind of runs from the length of the wall all the way around to a furnace. And you could see Matt Lou could see people working in the line, but from the distance that that droid was, it was very hard to make out like, which one could be Crepo. Um, but you do know that there is like, if you, if you found a way in from the right side, that you would be right on the scrap line. And then you could probably find him pretty easily from there. Toy Darians are definitely a, an easy to pick out species. That's true. To the right. I do also have, I have a, a detachable cybernetic augmentation hand that i can you know take off and help with unlocking stuff so that could come in handy too i do have that there is yeah if there is a an unlock right, that needs what, to happen. What, what's the plan though we, we we sneak in and how do we get him out from the line i mean we've got two i mean are we uh, if if we're not going to get into a scrap then what's the plan use search net capture him like rabbit drag away net I don't have a net. <laughs> You're making things up. <laughs> I think as far as the Toydarian goes, it'll be worth it for him to come with us because then he just gets to get out of there. Right. But so. like speaking outside of the, the, if we just show up inside there and, and he's working a line that's being guarded, you know, at least on one side from where it is, like how do we just say tap him on the shoulder and say, excuse me, Repo, uh, would you like to come with us? Matt Lou, um, use you know. blunt end of axe. Knock out cold. I got an idea. That's the point. I got an idea. <laughs> Are the guards around the outside wearing any type of uniform? Could we um, maybe confront one of them, knock one out, take the uniform, and one of us can sneak in and... Nick, to we we know look like Nikto, though, cert. All right, they're all Nikto. They are all Nikto's. Nobody's um, wearing a helmet or anything. Well, we've got no two helmets. Sand yeah, no, nothing that's like towers, obscuring though. their face. Right, we got two sand people in the towers outside. Zabu have, have space magic. Well, no, Why not use that? The uh, the two people in the towers are Nikto's as well. The, oh, the, the Tuscans that you saw were like on your travel to here. Oh, okay, so they're not here. Okay, so there's yeah. two Nikto's in the towers. Okay. Um. How often I can use mm, that's just one per round though. Okay. Uh, which what did you want to use? No, I'm just thinking when we get up there, I'm just trying to make a plan here because I can I can blind one, um, but I can't blind both of them. Um, so well, we may not even run into the guard sneaking in, right? It's so. Yeah, I mean, like, is there a way around just, like, it that we don't have to go? I mean, how we get past them if they're at the that's front what door, the sneaking basically. is? We're not going through the front door. Yeah, well, I mean, so, I, mean I guess we could try to be stealthy, but I'm, we're in the middle of a desert. I mean, you know, and you're so, a little teddy bear, I, so like, how are we? You know? I think, I think somebody should make a distraction 
and then the other that. two should t- can sneak in. Um, I know that there's an animal handling under wisdom. If anybody has anything good with that, we can use that to maybe just get one of those dogs to make a, a scene. I have the guard dogs. Yes, I can. I can handle a, a guard dog uh, once we get in, but that's inside, right? That's inside. So basically, so so Trevor, to answer your question, like the stealth angle of it, basically what this what the probe droid showed was that there are gaps in the walls around the exterior, and mm-hmm. since the Nictos are used to like. Um, you know, speeders kind of running up and down the flats. Oh, they're not like, looking at the outside. They're literally like guarding from the inside, like a like Matt like Lou prison yeah. pays attention. Yeah. So, like, if you guys <laughs> were to essentially like ride your speeders past the scrapyard entrance and just like go past it, but then like kind of loop around the back, that would give you an opportunity to like search for gaps in these walls right. that you could potentially sneak in through that way. Right. Um, so that's one angle at it. Next time Matt Your will no angle. longer suggest stealth, just go berserk. This take too long. <laughs> so that's one, that's one potential <laughs> angle at it. Your How other is to use the, to try to see if you could like barter with the spice to get him out that way. You're not sure how that would work. I mean, you know that like, Spice isn't necessarily something that like you could sell to anybody and they'd be like, oh yeah, I can like resell it. Like spice is definitely something that is a part of like, you know, it would be like if you were to walk up to a scrapyard owner with like, uh, with cocaine and be like, Hey, can I give you this cocaine? And then I can get my friend out. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a little bit. Keep that in the back pocket. Cause we don't even want to like let people know who we don't know that we even have this, that we're out here. You could try. And then, uh, you could try to, uh, like talk your way in, just say, you know, like essentially like attempt to deceive the guards and say like, Hey, I was sent here by somebody, uh, to, to, uh, to essentially like, uh, get this guy out and see if you could like, uh, like succeed in deceiving them and then pulling them out that way. I'll say if, if, if there's, if we can get around them, then I say we, we, we go around, uh, drive past, come back around, you know, loop back, and see if there's a way in. So, Matt Lou's plan. There. Glad. See what Good. We made it. But what do we do once we're in? What do we do once we're in? Is that when we cause a distraction? So I think, yeah, I think I mean, we take this... an assessment from where we are and what we see and, and, and you know, what's in, what's in our path, basically. So okay, it's hard. It. Yeah, it, it is hard to tell, like, once you're inside, what you could do at this point. You know that these patrols are essentially like walking from the back of the compound to the front of the compound. That's what you saw on the cameras. But other than that, it's kind of hard to see, like, the situation on the ground until you get in. Um, so is that what you guys are going to do? Try to, like, sneak in through the sidewalls. All right. Yeah, so yeah. we're going to go around. Park you guys yeah. take your speeders, you ride past the entrance gate. And uh, like, as you path, you see that just like the people in the tower just kind of clock you as you drive past. They'll pay you no mind. They're very used to seeing people kind of drive up and down. As you, as you like pass out of their visual range and towards the back of the scrapyard, you guys kind of stealthily come to a stop and get close enough to the wall that like, even if they were to turn around and look back, 
like the full 200 yards back over them, they're not going to be able to see you. The walls are too high and like you, your proximity to the walls is uh, in such a place where they couldn't see you. So everybody uh, right now can choose, can either make a perception or investigation check. So that's your choice. If somebody doesn't feel like their numbers are high enough, one person can do that with advantage. I'll search. Mine are both zero. I'll okay. search. I have a plus two investigation. Okay, so um, Zavu, you can roll it at, uh, at advantage, and then uh, Cert, you can roll straight. So you roll one and uh, see what you get. Uh, that's a 17. And then Perception. Perception, and then uh, Cert, go ahead and let me know what you got. For investigation, right? Yeah. Yeah, investigation a, or 20. perception, whichever one. Thirty twenty. 20 for investigation. Did you roll a 20 on the dice? I rolled an 18, but I have a plus two. Okay, 18 30. plus two. Um, so you guys, uh, Matt, Matt Lou, you're kind of following behind. Cert and Zavu, you guys are making your way like kind of along the crest of this right wall before it gets to the exact back of it. And you see a spot. So Cert, you see a spot that's like, fucking perfect like it's large enough for you all to fit through it's right on the other like right next to the conveyor belt line where the scrap is coming along and like you can like you can see that essentially this this little spot like comes out behind like a little mound of scrap that's off to the side uh that you guys could essentially like use cover for once you get out into the open space nice um, so you guys kind of make your way through this hole. You're hiding behind this scrap area. Um, and as you look over the scrap, you can see two things. One, the guard is currently walking away from you. Like he's walking towards the front of the, uh, the gated area. Um, and two, you see a Toydarian at the end of the scrap line right next to the furnace. And you can tell even from this distance, he looks pretty bad. He like his skin would be like a Navy, like a dark blue. It's fully purple from sun exposure and being this close to the heat of that furnace. He's just sweating profusely. Um, His, his beard is just scraggly and grown out uh, his clothes oh, are just singed and you can see like burn marks on them from just like stray f- like flares from this furnace, like catching his clothes for a little bit. Uh, but you see him uh, and you can like you see that to get to him that you can kind of like loop around the side of this scrap pile that you're on. But you will have to expose yourself to get to him. I think this is perfect for um, Zavu for you to use your animal um, handling um, to cause well, distraction. But well, it comes to it. Yeah. So right he's, now he's gone. Yeah. The, the guard us, has a sit. Like the guard and his dog have essentially like we have no guard walked. That like walked beyond oh, you. Target is open. So like it, from a yeah like from a visual perspective, his back is to where you would have to go to to make contact with Crepo. Okay. Uh, I do have to take a break now. <laughs> okay. So uh, we'll take a quick five and then we'll come back and Think we will see. Think about what we're going to do here. 
how this all plays out. All right, so everybody go ahead and take your breaks. Cool, sounds good. Oh, this is going to be fun to edit. (laughs) (laughs) Fight five. Just put a a nice flat screen above it. (laughs) I'm just going to put the music... The pre-show screen back on and great job, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, super just visually you know, like giving great visuals and imagery so I can like imagine what's going on. It's great. Yeah. I've tried like, it's hard to do, to do that with like, uh, you know, we don't have any like visual tools right now. If we keep like playing, like if this is something that we keep doing, I definitely want to look to see if there's things that I can do. Uh, cause there's a ton of like, like virtual tools that you can do for like D and D. The problem is, is like getting stuff that would work with like a star Wars feel like a, like a space faring stuff. Cause mostly it's like, Oh, you can have like a dungeon creator where you can make dungeons. You have like a, like, here's like a cool forest setting and all of this, but there's no like, Hey, let's make like a spaceship interior <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I would. I wouldn't even know the first thing about something like that. Yeah, so it's uh, there's definitely some tools that you can use, but it's not uh, they're definitely not made for like with Star Wars and like spacefaring adventures in mind. So, uh, trying to yeah, I'm glad that the the vocal interpretation is working. It really is. How so? I know you have like at least a obvious plan and story of going ahead but how much of this stuff are you improvising as it happens i mean a lot of it is improvised based off of the choices that you make like i can only like in certain instances like i try to like give you guys direction especially if it's like if we're we're at a point where it's like okay there's a decision to be made and like you guys aren't really sure what the best route may be um so like I try to like give yeah. you guys some hints there, but a lot of it is just like improvising on the fly about like, okay, well, what are you looking for? What are you trying to do? Do you want to do something like this? Or like even in certain instances, like if there is like if there's ever an idea that you guys have, like I want to do this, but I don't know mechanically how to do it. Like you can just tell me like I want to do this, but I don't know how to do it. And I can like in yeah. like in the session just be like okay if you want to do this here's how we'll do it make this role let's do this let's see how these roles play out and then we can like we can basically like make anything happen it's just like finding the way to get there through like roles through through using movement and exploring different areas so um i mean up to this point like i do like i have the whole session written out and this one's gone like pretty much according to like how i thought it would go like with some like deviations here and there with like stuff that you guys tried or that you guys asked about. Um, but yeah, I mean like you just like, as like doing what I'm doing, you just got to be ready to like fucking uh, improvise. All right. Yeah. Back. Um, awesome. All right. So in terms of like, like battle when we get, cause I mean the first time we did that, it was pretty straightforward and there wasn't a lot going on. We're fighting in this episode. I'm going to, no, no, but I know we don't have like maps is what I was getting at. So, um, so functionally what we will do for battle is because it's like all theater of the mind. Like 
I will essentially direct you if you need to move in a certain way to get into range for any spe- like specific spell, or if you're like for for Jared, like for you, if you're like to like direct you to get in range for like your uh, your shots for your uh, for your weapon. Um, but it will be like I will describe the combat setup, and then we will kind of go through combat in a normal. F- normal sense just with me describing motion and describing how you need to move on the field to be in the position that you want to be. Uh, So how much, I mean, how much do we, yeah, again, I don't want to overcomplicate anything, but like how much like, like of a plan, you know, I I know again, like critical role is my thing. You know what I mean? So it's the only thing I'm going by, but it's a lot more um, like, like we'll get, we'll go behind the boiler. Like I'll hide back there and I'll create a distraction and you guys go up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, if we know where we are approximately, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. So, far, you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. So like in terms of like, are we the, just going in like let's battle? <laughs> no. Yeah. Like in terms of the space, like you guys have visual perspective on this whole space now that you've walked inside. Like you can see, like it's a, it's a large area, but like your mission, like you can see who you have to get to and you can see essentially the path of least resistance there. You also can see that your, like your, like what would be a potential fight for you, like your quarry has kind of for at least the time being walked past you and is not seeing you right now. And are the guards on the other side, they're up in the tower way down, like 200 yeah, yards? Yeah, like they're at the other end near the entrance gate. So you guys probably have 100 yards between you and those snipers up there. And their main visual, like, priority is outside. Like, they're looking okay. for people approaching the yard. Mm-hmm. And, like, once you're inside of it, they're not really worried about you. The people that you guys need to worry about functionally inside the yard is like this one patrol that's on this side of you walking up and down. And even the other one that is on the other side is so far away. It's like 150 yards away. So it's like if you've ever been on one side of a football field and somebody's on the other side, like it's pretty far away. And they add even more to that. So like if a scrap were to break out and go down pretty quickly, they may not even notice it. Like, yep. Okay. Depending on where oh, they are in the my in hangover the is shook off, my battle axes are out. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> All right. Well, again, um, again, like you know, <laughs> just in terms of like uh, how we're gonna do this, like, well, I mean, you're playing your character. Yeah, I'm running that. straight like, in. Like, I, you guys plan, I, plan too I know, much for my like, Ewok, like, so I'm ready to rock. Is, is that, this toy? Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Is the toy Darian like? cuffed or like shackled or anything like that no cuffs no shackles he is he's literally just like on this line working and you can see that he's like sorting through scrap like there are certain things that he's been told to like pull this out make sure it doesn't go in the furnace and that's what all of these people along the line are doing it's like looking for specific things that they were told to pull out of this scrap pile or off of this conveyor belt and everything else gets slagged melted down and then used for other purposes or sold off to uh, other people on Tatooine. So there's no restraints keeping yeah, we, him here. We technically may not even have a fight, right? I mean, he he, he, I mean, he may he, want to yeah, come like, with us. He, seems, he doesn't look like he's having fun. It seems fun pretty there. wide open. Yeah, so yeah like, it seems pretty wide open. It, um, so let's make an attempt. Like the way that this, 
the way that this could play out, there may be a fight, there may not be a fight. It all depends on the roles that happen or the actions that you guys take. If you guys want, if you guys say like, fuck it, I want to take out this, this guard and his dog just to make sure that like, we don't have anything that's going to tail us or we don't have anything that's going to, uh, you know, like potentially like screw up our exfil plan. You can do that. You can take the stealthy approach where you guys kind of roll a group stealth check to see if you can make it to him and uh, like either persuade him or, or, or tell him like, Hey, we're breaking you out, come with us and then make your way out. Um, so there's, there's, there's kind of different ways to go about it just depending on like what your end goal is. All right. So are we starting up again or you, you want to intro it again or what are we, are we already just go. I mean, we're, we're, this thing, we're yeah, go. We're, this, we're this episode's pretty Hi, messy. I don't think anyone's going to get much entertainment out of it. So we're just rolling. Oh, I, I don't know about that. I think it's been oh, pretty it's entertaining. Be entertaining. Yeah, me too. Well, we'll think about <laughs> right. it like from um, the podcast version, like what they're listening to. I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it's all theater. Uh, 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 all right. What's okay. What's our plan here? What, 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 what's our plan of attack? You're you're a bit of a pistol. Uh, yeah, y'all not. You guys know my I don't plan. I want to send you straight. I up say the, we go. We go for the Tordarian and see what happens. Okay. We, we, no, we've been we've been doing too much stealth yeah. this mission. I am ready to go. I think we can. Uh, I think we can sneak up behind the boiler. I can. I can talk to him because I can persuade him, or I can try to persuade him. Uh, get him to come with us. And get the hell out without getting any trouble. All right. That seems that's what I'm thinking. Let's have everybody. Let's everybody make a stealth check, and this is going to be like a group stealth check. So everybody roll a stealth check and tell me what you get. Which die? Are we eleven plus the twenty three. on this one? Yeah, twenty on this one. Is eleven plus three for me. I have twenty. 18. 21. 21. And then whoa, Davu, what did you get? 18. 18. So you guys successfully sneak over kind of behind this furnace area close to where this guy is. The guard does not know that you have made your way up to this point. Uh, So Zavu, you said that you want to reach out to him and, and uh, and like persuade him to come with you. Um, You catch my back, right? Got your back, man. All right. So you catch his attention. Um, do you want to, are you using anything or are you just uh, straight up talking to him? I'm going to, the first thing I'm going to do is, uh, that's, that's a blinding thing though. It's not, is anybody around him that's going to alert us? I mean, there's other people on the line. Are they going to the way say that anything, do anything, or we just don't know? The way that you've positioned yourself is like, because he's at the end of the line and you guys are like on the back end of this furnace, Nobody mm-hmm. else can really see you. Like you're, you're okay. pretty far into stealth. So like if you're, if you kind of like lean over and have a side conversation, it's not like these guys are looking up and down the line. And there's also like a pretty decent amount of space. There's probably, you know, ten yards of space between each person. So right. they're not like actively like chattering with each other. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean around this furnace or an area where there's somewhere that I can see him visually, and I'm going to use force pull him. I'm just gonna reach out and just grab mm-hmm. the back of his shoulder and sort of pull him towards where I am. Okay. Um, force That's, pull. Um, 
move up to okay, 30, so, a small, well, a medium creature. He's big, right? So yeah, he he would be considered a medium creature. Um, you can use uh, target must make a strength saving throw. An object automatically fails that save. So I don't he's do going to roll to him. I don't want to hurt him. So I'm going to pull yeah. on that a little bit. So what we're going to do is he doesn't see you and he doesn't know that he's like, his attention is trying to be pulled. So I'm going to roll a saving throw for him. Mm -hmm. Um, and if he succeeds on that saving throw, he's definitely going to know that something is up here. So he's going to, he's, it's a strength saving throw. He's going to add zero to this. Sabu, use your DC. Your DC is 12 on your saves right now. Uh, he rolled a 17, so he resists this pull, and now he definitely looks like he feels something pulling at him, and he definitely notices it and kind of, like, startledly, startled Dude. kind of, like, looks over to that area and, like, kind of looks past on the line, and as he looks over in the direction that he's pulling, he sees you, and he is definitely, Aye. like, like he hasn't, like, made any sounds yet, but he's, like, looking at you startled. So what do you do in this moment? It's very critical in this moment what happens. Affect mind. Hey, okay. come here. If you want out, come over here. Okay, so that's one more. <laughs> okay, so he rolled a natural two. So that means you get to roll this persuasion check at advantage. So roll a persuasion check at advantage. Oh, is that, what is that? Four? Oh my god. That's, a, that's oh. with advantage? You got a four? No, no, no. This is a persuasion check. Uh, yeah, it's a four. With advantage. <laughs> okay. Bitch. So, he's wait. going to roll an insight. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. It's an 11. These are the worst dice. You can't read them. So, <laughs> yeah, you need some new got dice. a swirl behind them. Like, and, and half of the numbers are, are obscured. It's an 11. Okay. So he's going to yes. roll an inside check. He's got plus two. Okay. He rolled an 18. He's rolled a 20. <laughs> so you're not, you're not lying to him though. So he looks at you and you say, come with me. We're going to help to get you out. And he looks at you and he, he's like, I don't know who you are, but I want to get the fuck out of here. So right. he is, like he looks around behind him to see he sees the guard is like nearing the point to where he's about to turn around and start coming back. And he's going to make a stealth check to come off this line and uh, follow you. Uh, he's going to have a plus one to stealth. So it's not a great roll. Ooh, he rolled a nine. The guard is now turning. To come back to yes. he is he is going to make a perception check if it's higher than nine is gonna go down let's go yeah this guy big sucks. number big number do i have do i have any 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 mo this is this is turned so that i don't have any anything else i can do here right not right now this is all kind of like bang bang big number mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he rolled a seven and he has a plus three to his perception. So he sees, oh, no. so he does not see, he does not see you Zavu, but he sees uh Crepo leaving the line and he starts taking off towards you. Um, okay. Taking off towards the Tordarian who was right next to you. So at this point, what do you guys do? The Tordarian has agreed to come with you. 
Um, but this guard now sees this guy running off the line. Right. And can I, we're can all I kind offer, of bunched together? Are they just behind the, the wall there? Yeah, y'all are all together. Right, can, right I, can I challenge the guard why these two make off with the toy Darien? Uh, you can challenge, like you can definitely try to stand up one on one with this guy, but he's it's him and his dog with okay. him. So it's you a feel two, like two member party, huh? It's a two. We, it's a I've two, got a rifle. What about we're not be a two versus Sir Dorkoff and I take here. on the combat while Zavu runs? I can take care of this dog. He right. He can take care of the dog. Okay, so what do you want to try? So this guy notices that 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 Crepo is, is leaving. He's running back towards the, the line. What do you want to do to try to uh, get this dog off of his side? I'm distracting the dog. Beast trick. Okay. So what are you using? Beast trick. Okay. That's a level one. So I'm going to have a level one spell Two four slots. Yeah, so you have four spell slots. So this will be your first one that you've used because everything else that oh, you've used oh, right, right now gotcha. has been at will, has been gotcha. an at will thing. Yep. Yep. Because um, I believe pull is at will and affect mine so is also at will. He's within range. Uh, intelligence. If the beast's intelligence is four, how higher the power fails. Otherwise, the beast must succeed on a wisdom saving throw. All right. So let me check because I have this beast. That is going to be in this combat. So let me see what his intelligence is. His intelligence is not a four. Uh, <laughs> so he needs to make a wisdom th- saving throw or be charmed by you. Uh, on his wisdom save, he has a plus one. So he's got to be to 12. He's got to roll an 11 or higher to be to fall under your force power and be charmed by you. He rolled a nine, so that's only a ten. So this beast, like this guy, is running up the the side I, of the, he's, the line, and the right, dog just like just leaves him. Like the dog just oh, kind of like okay. goes off to the side, starts licking himself. It's, it's so it's track, just yeah. the guard now <laughs> coming, and you get and you feel like if it's a two on one, you guys could probably take this guy out uh, pretty easily, while somebody tries to get. Uh, Crepo out of the side. Uh, so as this guy runs up, who is anybody trying to to abscond away with Crepo? Or are you guys all three gonna just take this guy out? Try to take him out quick. Let's all take three him take out. him out. Okay. So here's what we're gonna do. Everybody, roll initiative. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Crepo Crepo back a little bit. You're, just, just you're gonna take Crepo back. Little, not not backed out. Just I'm gonna back him up a little bit. Just just get him out of the fray. Get him okay, out of the so way. Okay. So you. You like back, so you shunt him off towards the like you essentially like direct him to where that scrap pile was that you guys were hiding behind when you came in. I'm gonna protect him. I'm gonna stand in front of him. I'm just gonna back him up. Okay, so you put him behind you. You guys, you three square up to this guy running at you. Um, and they, basically what he still doesn't have visual perspective on you. So like he's still running towards Crepo. What I want everybody, everybody roll initiative. And we're going to get into combat here. Is that a 20? That's a, yeah, that's a D20. So roll the 20 sided dice. And then on your character sheet, it should say initiative plus something to initiative. I've got a 16 plus three. 
19. Okay. I got a seven and can't find Shit. initiative. Yeah, I got a 10. 10. Okay, Matt. It should be at the top after when you click the initiatives and you Matt, yeah, you have a plus one to initiative. Right. So eight, um, eight. Okay. So right now it is uh, Cert with a 19. Uh, and then uh, Zavu, you have a 10, right? And then yeah, Matt the Lou, you yeah. have an eight. So I'm going to roll for the guard. And so I rolled one thing for the guard and I'm, then I'm going to roll a perception check to see if he sees you guys or. I thought he already saw us. No. So he, saw, oh, no, he only sees, he saw Krepo like coming off the line, which is a no, no, especially when you're an indentured servant. So he's running to deal with this. Krepo is now like, you guys, like, Zavu, you've kind of pushed him behind you as you guys are still hiding behind this furnace. I'm going to make a a check, a perception check to see if he sees you guys before combat starts. That's a 15. So I need all of you to roll one final stealth check to see if you get a surprise round on him or not. It's a group stealth check. If you guys average oh. below a 15, he sees you. You want okay? Six. Oh come on! I rolled a one uh, plus three. Sixteen. The natural one. Sixteen. Nine. Matt, what did you get? Nine. Nine. That is below a fifteen. So Zavu, as you move this guy behind you, he sees you, and combat is initiated. So, sir, yeah. you are first. Somebody. All right. Hey, Charlie. I'll be up in a little bit. Hopefully. <laughs> can Natalie I need should to use eat. my disruptor? Yeah, so you can use your disruptor carbine. Um, you are, he is within range for your disruptor carbine. Um, so yeah, you go ahead and roll the D20, add five to whatever you roll. Oh, 20. Natural Plus 20. Five. So Natural what 20. you do is roll one D8. And then you double the number that you roll on the dice, and then you add three to it. Okay, so I roll the D8, and then what? Sorry. So yeah, so roll your D8, and then whatever you get on that dice, you double that. Three, so six. Six plus uh, three, because that's your additional damage, so you do one D8 plus three. So you do nine damage to this guy. You shoot your disruptor carbine, and... It splashes across his chest and he like buckles over as soon as the strike hits him. And you could see that he's taken a lot of damage right off the bat, but he's still running at you guys. He like stops for a second, oh, takes the shot and then like continues to come at you. It is now uh, Zavu's turn. Uh, what is he armed with? Right now you can see that this guy has... Uh, a lig sword, like he's got like a sword on his back, but then he also has like a standard uh, like blaster rifle in his hands that he's running with towards you. Um, so he can do some melee combat and he can do some range combat. Um, I know that for you, Zavu, you don't have, uh, you can't like not much range on your uh, 
on your sword or on your your mm-hmm. light blade. But, How far away uh, is he? He is within like at this point he's within sixty feet of you. Mm, okay, so it's too too far away for. What are you going to force cast? What were you trying to do? No, I was going to try and force disarm him, but I mean, I, I what I uh, uh, um, I guess I'll I'll guess I'll run. I don't know what. Oh, Matt lose next. Um, Matt lose next. Um, what I'm you could hold, do I'm is you hold, could. I'm going to hold. I'm going to hold okay. and just guard this guy. I'm just going to just defensive stance. Get ready. I think there's. I have something with defensive stance. I can't remember what it is, but. I mean, I guess not. Uh, no, nah, I guess not. Okay. Okay. So okay. you Just, can, so you hold your action until Matt Lou goes. Yeah. Um, Matt Lou, it's, it's your turn. This guy is running at you. If you, you could probably run out to meet him in melee combat. Yeah. I want to do a reckless attack. Okay. So Matt, Matt Lou runs out like, uh, fully expected. That. Sir Dorcock guns blazing. leans out, takes a shot. Gets back into cover. Matt Lou, you run out to meet this guy head to head, and you guys start to throw down in melee combat. Give me a reckless. Give me a reckless attack. So that's roll with advantage. So roll twice and take the higher. 20. Natural 20. Uh, two Matt yeah. 20s in a row. And then a two. So uh, I'll take so, the 20. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Matt Lou, you have your tech axe. So you go ahead and roll. 1d6, and then what you get on the dice, double it, and then add two. Which one's the d6? The square. Square dice. Got you. It's a six. So 12 plus two. This guy had already taken nine damage. You do 12 plus two, which is 14 damage. You run up to this dude, and you just cleave him right across that spot that had hit. With the with his rifle and his chest spills open, green blood oozes out, and he just yeah. face plants into the sand, dead. Uh, and as far as you can tell, this happened so quickly. You guys two shot this guy, so he's dead, and nobody has noticed. So like you've done it quietly enough to where he hasn't been able to raise an alarm. His dog is off, just kind of you know, running around in circles off towards the entrance of the gate, you guys are clear to make your way out with Prepo. If you st- if you make your way back through Woo-hoo. the other way. Can I do a quick look around to see if there's any good stuff I can stick <laughs> in my backpack? Uh, give me a quick perception check. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Because we are in a scrapyard. You never know. Mm-hmm. I rolled a nine. Uh, a nine perception check like you're looking along this line and like you're you're like in the haze of battle you just see a bunch of like metal like Duracell scraps and shit like that you don't see anything of value that you could like easily grab and make your way out with um good try you guys you guys have your uh you have your uh your target with you crepos with you you have your escape route um, and Feet don't he's just gonna have to, yeah, so you guys run towards the exit. You don't need to make a stealth check right now. Cause you're close. The closest person to you is over a hundred yards away and has so no idea that right you guys now, right? are there. 
Nobody sees you right now. You're starting to see like some of the people down the line a little bit further are starting to like look up and they've, they've like heard this guy hit the ground and like one dude on the line, like turns around and sees this guy's dead body at that point is right when you guys are at the entrance to where you got in. So you sneak out and then you hear from the other side of the wall, people kind of on the line start to like, they're moving. Like they're start. they realize like, oh shit, this may be my chance to go. Okay. They start to break right. out off of the line. And as they break out off of the no line, you hear no from the out. other side of the facility, hey, hey, get back on the line. And the other guard starts to run over to them. You guys are right by your speeders. You can speed her up and start to head back out. Hmm. See, well, the, just before you said all that, I was about to like tell everybody. I'm like, should I think we should free everybody here? I think I think we should get all these people out of here. I think we have I think we have the ability to do it. Let's if they're do all it. running. Let's do it. That was and they're free. Where are they going to go? They can't get out. Exactly. Of here. You guys Without must be help. sniffing my spice. Let's get the hell out of here. I think I might be sniffing <laughs> some spice. Let's free him. That that was a breeze. So, yeah, but now it. they know. Guys, now they know who we are. We no longer have the advantage. Let's get the hell out of here. I was gonna say. So right now, you guys like people are getting alert. You've heard the other guard. The other guards alerted. The people in the tower are the definitely wind. alerted too. Um, if you want to, you can try. You can try to take out the other guard and his dog. The uh, I will say that the one thing that you guys will have to keep in mind is that you do have the snipers. snipers. Up we must sniper go. Nests. We must go. If you can, yeah. You can see if you can get some cover, but it, you will definitely need to have cover if you want to engage in combat with the other guard versus these snipers. Yeah, we've only right. had to take one life, Jedi. Look at it that way. You know, if we go back, we'll be you killing more. You guys don't like killing. Uh, so we don't know uh, how many Zabu, exactly give me, people give me, that were, are, are not on the There's three line. guards, two snipers, and a guard and a dog. That's it? Zavu, give me an intelligence check. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> what is it? Uh, hang on. What's my intelligence here? Uh, what is my intelligence? Where is it? No, no, it's zero. Uh, six. Six. Okay. Yeah. I will say this. Even on a six... You, you make eye contact with one of these linesmen and he sees you and you see him. I will give you, I'll give you a persuade. I will say this. You reach out with the force to this guy and I'll give you a persuasion check to essentially try to show him this exit that you guys have made for them to try to, to, to get out without directly engaging. So go ahead and give me a persuasion check. Oh my god, man. <laughs> uh persuasion, I think I have a two. Told you uh, we should have left. I do not. Uh five. Okay. So you lock eyes with this guy. He sees you. Um, you try to like reach into his mind to say, like, hey, this is a way out. He he's like in a panic. Like this is. This guy, you don't know how long this guy's been here. You don't know what he's been up to or like what his state of mind is. He's in a panic, but he sees you and then you disappear. So at how the very least, okay. this guy knows that there may be another way out than running through that front door. Um, 
right. there you go. Can Zappo. I do one last You thing. can still become a force ghost. You goody two shoe. Uh, uh, it's, it's a one creature. Is there something coming? Can I see anything coming after them, or there's nothing directly? From the other side of the yard, from like where no. the the other like um, stations were, I'm that closed. wasn't the conveyor belt. You see that guard running at them. He's probably still about eighty yards away. Um, and then at where you are now, the other closest people are the two snipers on the on the tower. God, take this one guy out. I mean, we're far enough away that the snipers... Well, the snipers probably could do this, I suppose. Snipers, yeah. Matt Lou on the speeder, gone. <laughs> Matt Lou's... <laughs> are who's already who's, on who's a taking speeder. this guy with us? He's got to go with you. Crepo can fit on a speeder. Like, he can, like... Essentially, like, like when you're riding two to a Matt horse, Luke. you can yeah, ride like fine. that. Toydarian, same size yeah. as me. We out. Yeah. Yeah, so Matt Lou and, and Crepo are... They're on their speeder and they're they're te- they're tearing off, um, and then uh, all right, all right. So Zavu, let's go. Let's go. Zavu, you're good. You tried your best. Zavu tried his best to save as many as he could. We're coming back, uh, but it's chaos right now. Uh, people are are in the midst of like figuring out like this may be their chance to break out. You have guards running in. You have snipers that are starting to take visual perspective of it at everybody on this field. You guys tear off in your speeders. And because of the commotion and the snipers looking back into the yard, they're not looking out at you guys as you speed your way off back onto the Bomar Flats out towards the direction that you're going. Uh, So you guys have successfully exfiltrated Crepo from this situation. Um... And for now, we will call it a session, and we will pick up from here next time. Nice. We got right. a toy Darien. Crepo. Crepo and maybe, I maybe chilling on likes a speeder. Enough, yeah, maybe he can become part of our squad. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how, how useful an old, uh, decrepit, I just like that he, I like he's all burnt purple and looks like shit. <laughs> right. He probably can't do much. Uh, he can yeah, splice I mean... Stuff. Hey, you guys got it done. You guys. All right. Uh, you definitely made the combat easier on yourself than it would have been. Um, if that dog was there, you probably would have been uh, a little bit harder. But two natural 20s on one Zabu. guy is going to is going to take yeah. him out. So uh, I think I, make I, think I should have played that differently. But uh, Matt Lou happy. Um, I hey. spilled blood today. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little closer to my type a little bit next time. But uh, well, hey, I mean, there's no yeah, you try your. Best. I don't want to give everybody killed. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean, or myself. That, like honestly. I said, you but got again, uh, Jedi. They don't like killing people. I told to you, it's like we limited we limited death to one person. You should have been happy yeah. with that, Jedi. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not quite a Jedi, so yeah. No, I mean, you guys definitely. I, I will say this: there were there was like the improvisational moment of using that beast trick was big because the combat could have definitely gone on a little bit longer and potentially attracted more attention. So that was that in itself was a huge like uh, like intra combat move that like really swung things heavily into your favor. Um, two, like 
you guys successfully stealth through a majority of this. And if you would have failed one stealth check, you would have been in combat immediately. Yeah, that was easy for us. Did you put the dogs in the situation in hopes that we would do something like that? Not necessarily. Like the dog itself was more of like, it fit like, it was like a junkyard dog, you know, like you guys are in a scrapyard, junkyard dog type of thing. And it was also like a con, like, just a little like behind the scenes thing. It was combat like uh, balancing because one, like one V three with that one guy that you guys did fight super easy. As you saw two V three with an animal that balanced the fight out a little bit more. It gave you two targets. You could have potentially like split focus between both of them. And that battle could have drug on a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. If you wouldn't have rolled as well. You guys would have been in battle a little it's bit a longer. Little disdain in, every... in that, uh, their neck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's it basically what would have happened is like if that every round that combat goes on is another chance for somebody in there to see to you see guys. Us. Yeah, I know. Hey. And then you yeah, would I mean, have had to make a decision like, do we run? Like, do we finish this combat or do we try to just get the fuck out of here before we really alert everybody? Um, I keep forgetting that we're like level two, too. You know yeah. What I mean? <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, do we get, yeah, we get the rank up there? So, DM. So no right. rank up there yet. So um, you, you guys did get experience, but you don't have to tag it yet because we'll do ex- like, I will tell you guys when you level up, you got experience with the kill. You got experience with successfully completing your mission. Yes. Um, yeah, now, we lose any do we get any right? achievements? Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, achievement. Yeah. Any I mean, trophies? like if I'm putting achievements on it, you guys, <laughs> you guys did this mission with no without damage. taking a point of damage Damn straight. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So. you just gotta rely on that the was... the drunk, cracked out Ewok. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, yeah. rolling twenties. We made it. Yeah, we made exactly. it. <laughs> so let me so natural twenties so like, in a row. How, are you like are you t- are you taking into? And I know I mean, we're just starting out this, but but like I yeah. I love this stuff. So like uh, taking into account like just playing the character and stuff like that. Like like Matt Lou obviously is, but I feel like I would have tried to get a little nuts and try to save people and fight a couple of those guys too. So, uh, I don't know. I just feel like I, I, I gave up only because I thought the odds were like against us, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they were, you know, you did what you had to do. There there's was no, no like, I would say that like, there's definitely like, I was giving you those moments. Like I knew you wanted to try to do something. I knew you wanted to try to like engage either like engage or like do what you could to get those people out. So like yeah, I gave you those moments to be like, you know, like yeah. when you were trying to reach out to that guy, when you were like assessing mm-hmm. the situation and seeing like, you know, what the real stakes were. So like, that's why I wanted to give you those roles is for you to yeah. like figure out like I can, I'm, I'm doing what I can um, yeah. without like necessarily like sacrificing your life because realistically, yeah, you guys, yeah, like if you guys would have gotten into a combat, there is a world where like you pull that other guard over and you stay out of visual range of these snipers and they would have to come down from their tower. That's but what I was then it's to get. then it's another like combat race. It's like another combat race because at that point the snipers know somebody something is going on. So yeah. if they don't see it and they see a guard running in one so now direction, we got three on three and yeah, yeah. they're coming down. Um yeah. so there is a world where like you can take, you can try to take out that dog guard combo and then get out. And then it's a little bit more like 
hey, these people can all now like probably overpower those two snipers and go out. But there's also a world where like they're they outnumber these people. They're outgunned for sure, but they outnumber the two snipers and the other guard. It really comes down to like, do these people want to like just murder everybody here? Is that like the type of people that they are? Or are they just going to be like, like as soon as like somebody gets taken out and a gun gets taken from one of these Nictos, are they just going to be like, whatever, get the fuck out of here. Like yeah, yeah. not worth my life. Well, plus I'm, I'm thinking that these are their, these are their workers. They're not going to just slaughter them all. So yeah. So, escape. Uh, no, I mean, you, you definitely gave it like a super good, try like you know you you like the old jedi like, try yeah. which is the other reason I said <laughs> yeah it was, yeah you rolled really well on stealth not so well on percent on persuasion hey so, real quick let, um, let me let me take this off so i can end the stream yeah. and then because i i need to eat so i'm, I'm starting to okay. get a little yeah, so. loopy no yeah for sure hey we're, everyone we're, hopefully we're, you, you enjoyed this experiment it was episode one we're getting there we'll, we'll get a flow we'll get a flow down we're all still learning hopefully you enjoyed it uh, just remember, next week we'll be dropping episode zero, which is maybe even a little more wonky than this one. But stay tuned. <laughs> There's always time for Star Wars time, right? Star Wars time. Comment below your favorite character. Let's go.